Hey, it's Alan Carter. Here is what's on the podcast today. Is this the beginning of the resistance over trick or treating? More and more questions about the recommendations from Doug Ford and Dr. Williams about kids not going door to door to get candy. Plus, what exactly is a Zoom dick and how do I get it off my screen? Plus, a new book about the Toronto Raptors from Doug Smith. All of that coming up. Let's get to it. Oh, hey. Uh, hi. Uh, so I'm just wrapping up this Zoom call. Coming up on the radio program, all the juvenile tittering that you can possibly handle, as I described to you. The latest in what has become known as the Great Zoom Incident. The Incident. I'm going to tell you about the incident. I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm just waiting to get a ruling from the bosses about what I can tell you about the incident. It's the Zoom D incident. Now, I don't know if I can go any further than that. A little later on in the program, we are going to unzip that story. But we begin. Nice work in here, by the way. Uh, we begin with this question. Are you defiant? Are you going to flip your costumed middle finger to the health table in this province and its recommendations not to send the little ones out door-to-door for traditional trick-or-treating and hot spots? I want your story. That's what I want this hour. I am going to weave this together mm, like a news quilt. It's going to be beautiful. And For this, I need you. I need your intentions. What are you going to do with the kids? Do you live in the hot spots? Are you going to say to them, well, go on anyway. 416-870-6400 is the phone number. Give me a call. I need your participation as we talk about Halloween is this the point where you're going to say, no more? I draw the line at Halloween. But let's get to it, shall we? The program begins with this assessment of exactly where we are from Doug Ford. COVID sucks. What can I say? It's terrible. Sucks. 100%. Sucks. Here are your numbers. Don't get freaked about the daily numbers, I always say. But specifically, I mean the daily case numbers because it's 821. 821, that's pretty high. And that suggests to me, if that number is current, which I don't think it is, but if it is current, that means eight days ago was uh, was, uh, Thanksgiving, pardon me, eight days ago. It probably means somebody was passing the stuffing to somebody they shouldn't have. You know, COVID sucks. COVID sucks. sucks, But we asked you not to be getting cranberry sauce all over each other. Our test number is 24,000. Your pending number is 24,000. Test number is way down, and your test and your positives are way up. That's your percent positivity, folks. That ain't good. 22 more in hospital. Lagging indicator. So all those people are saying, well, come on, whatever. What numbers? What? Nobody's getting It's fine. 22 more people 
in hospital because of COVID-19. Three more people in the ICU. And this is a number I'm pointing out to our friends in Halton. Hey, friends in Halton, if you live out there in Oakville, live out there in Burlington, my hometown, guess what? You're going to be in a modified stage two pretty soon. 46 more cases in Halton. And just to give you perspective on that, York Region, which was placed as of yesterday into modified stage two, is at 64. And Halton is gaining. But as we look at the numbers, the reality is we are rudderless. We are adrift on a sea of inconsistency, lost in a thicket of contradictions. Dance class, that's back on, but trick-or-treats are still off. And we have entered now a new territory, have we not? Because defiance of COVID rules and recommendations, once the exclusive domain of the misguided and the misinformed, is now growing leaps and bounds on city streets, suburban cul-de-sacs, and rural roads. We gave up Thanksgiving. At least I did. Like I say, those numbers. I'm not sure if everybody did. And, you know, fine. That's fine. There were fewer dishes to wash at the end anyway. But fine. Upsides. But now, you come for Halloween? Doug Ford, are you canceling Halloween? I'm not canceling Halloween. Just let's let's just not go door to door in the hotspot areas. This is Doug Ford yesterday. I just want to say this. I think Doug Ford needs a break. I man, did you you listen to him yesterday? I mean, I mean it. He. He seems beaten down. I mean, several times in the past what, 10 days or so during his press conferences, he seemed close to tears. I'm not COVID kidding. COVID sucks. You. What can I say? It's terrible. Yeah, it's, look, it's, I'm, look, I'm not making any fun of him at all here, and I know that I can be a little sarcastic. I appreciate that. But 100%, I really, you know, yesterday during the press conference, Doug Ford talked at some length about the fact that people call him all the time, and then, you know, one person will call and leave 10 messages, and he can't get through, and he can't get, he can't call people back. And my goodness, I, I think we all appreciate it, but we, you know, maybe, maybe prioritize. Maybe... I mean, I know you want to be a retail politician, and I understand you have, you know, your brand is calling people back, but maybe, maybe just right now, maybe a higher level might be a good thing. But I come back to Halloween. But I, oh, here's, I want to play this one one more, because I, I just, before I go on from Doug Ford, here, here is my example of how he sounds so beaten down. I don't want to be the bad guy out there that says kids can't go trick-or-treating. I, I don't want that. As I won't mention, but one of the mayors said, hey, uh, you know, at least I don't have to be the bad guy that has to cancel Halloween. You do. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be the bad guy. You know, I, he's wearing it, doesn't it? Does it, it you, you, you can look at him and you just, you can almost feel the weight of it personally on him. And I, I mean, I, I seriously, I'm a, I'm a little concerned for the premier. I am. 
But back to Halloween, because I think the Rubicon of resistance has now been crossed. All over the right to send kids door to door. We're moving into the suburbs now, where people in suburban areas are saying, you know, moms and dads are saying, I, you know, I don't know if I agree. And not only do I don't know if I don't agree, when I turn on to the Alan Carter radio program, which is where I go for key information, I hear things like this from Andrew Morris, who's an infectious disease physician at Sinai Health and the University Health Network. When we start restricting or certainly pointing people away from what we've been initially saying is pretty safe and reasonable behavior, it really discredits much of the advice we've been giving up until now because uh, they start questioning the overall validity of the of the advice we've been giving. That is Andrew Morris. Exactly. It doesn't seem to make sense. And so the questions, and the question for you, is what are you going to do? Will you defy this recommendation? Is that where you are willing to say, you know what, I'll wear the mask, fine. Okay, I won't go in the restaurant, I understand that. The gym's closed, fine, I'm looking a little flabby. I'll just, I'll just, what, I'll pretend to work out at home, but really when I say I'm doing squats, I'm just sitting down on the couch. But fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. But Halloween, man, I mean, if, you know, I bought all this candy, I don't want to eat all of this. Well, I do, but mostly I want to give this out at the door and then have my kid come back with a variety of other kinds of candies that I will sample once they go to bed. That, But that is neither here nor there. So here is the actual explanation from the Premier, the reasoning why the hotspots are being recommended no door-to-door trick or treating. When, when you have the kids going up, may go out four or five and and you're you're sticking your hand in the the candy jar and then handing it over a lot of times what we would do we hand out the you know the container and say okay kids take what you want they're sticking their hands in you know i'm just i'm just following the the health advice you're just sticking your hands in there rooting around at one other point the premier told a story about how you get like back in his day you'd get the pillowcase you'd go out uh, you'd get it filled up, and then you'd go right back home. You'd dump it on your bed, and you'd hit it, hit it, like hit it again. And that's true. It is absolutely true. That is what we used to do as kids. And I'm not sure how much that's happening these days, even in the before times, and in a modified, you know, where we said, well, th- these are our recommendations. Do it, you know, this way. I, I think, I think we could probably get away with still letting people do. Trick or treating, but I'm not. I'm not the expert. And here is John Tory, kind of echoing the same sort of thing, saying, "You know, as the politician, also not the expert. But what are you going to do? Say to the health table, no, we're doing it anyway." Here's John Tory. One of the reasons that I accept reluctantly, yeah, reluctantly, I say because I know how much uh, Halloween means to families, including my own, is because I know it's going to disappoint a lot of people. But I also know that all of these medical officers of health, the provincial one, the local one here in Toronto, and all the others, many of whom concurred in this advice to recommend that people not do a door-to-door uh, trick-or-treating, had thought about it and agonized over it very, uh, very carefully. That is John Tory, 
everybody agonizing over the kids and the chocolate bars. Uh, oh, yeah, Zoom's still going there. So Coming up, I'm going to be telling you about the Zoom incident. The Zoom incident, those details coming right up. But we're going to begin with some of your calls because I have to know what you're thinking. Is this where you begin to defy the province? When you say to Dr. Williams, dude, I haven't understood a word you've said for eight months, and I am not going to start listening now. My thinking is, I don't understand that. I don't get what you're on about. I don't get what you're on about. Here is, this is Andrew Morris. We're just talking about the Halloween here. Bring you up to speed. The Halloween. <laughs> I'm just bringing you up to speed here. Uh, obviously, you probably heard this, that the province said hotspots, which is Peel, Ottawa, York, Toronto. Yeah, like I say it so much now, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But anyway, you know the hotspots that it recommended, not recommended to go door to door. No rule. It's not like a rule. It's not like, a, you know, the, the fuzz, the 5 is going to come around and say, you know, we're going to arrest a little... Your little ghosts and goblins, and you say, well, how do we know you're not dressed up? You're not just somebody dressed up as a police officer. See, it's very complicated. But nevertheless, uh, the recommendations come out, and then all of a sudden you get this. You get Andrew Morris, an infectious disease physician at Sinai Health, uh, saying this kind of thing. You know, all the things that we've been telling people, being uh, outside, being masked, being distanced, all those things can be done with Halloween. Okay, so that is Andrew Morris basically saying doesn't really add up what the province is saying. And now I want you to listen to this. Here's Dr. Williams. Uh, this is Dr. Dave Williams, the medical officer of health, the one who's made the recommendation here for this no trick-or-treating, uh, saying, you know, maybe the Greek chorus of self-styled independent doctors always barking at me, maybe you could just keep it down? I think what happens sometimes is that people make comments and they get quotes from the media to, from different experts, A, B, and D, and I probably said, well, he said and she said, and I said, well, did you look at the webpage of Ontario? I said, no, I haven't really got time for that. And our messaging is really quite clear. There for your reading. And I think what's confusing is we have a lot of people weighing in with their own version of what they think is correct. Oh, we got a lot of people just weighing in. And consider that to be a shot across the bow to Bogosh and Warner and all the rest. Like, come on, you ripped me for a week when I didn't follow Davila and put Toronto into a modified stage two because I wasn't doing enough. And now I put this thing out about Halloween. You ripped me for that. I don't understand that. I, I think he, I might have, you know what? I might have summed that up better than him. I think, do you think maybe? I should be medical officer of health. Let's get to the lines. Is this the point where you defy the province and send the kids out to trick-or-treat anyway? What do we got? Three. Line three. Bobby. Bobby, what are you going to do? Be great. You'd be great as the uh, medical officer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Very outspoken. And, and one of the things that you focus on is, is logic because the, the rules defy their own logic. Because they're bouncing around like they're uh, on a, on a I, I don't know, I don't even know what to say anymore. They're, he'll get, make one rule and change the rules. The worst thing I heard on, on the radio uh, about the interview that happened with Doug Ford, one of the journalists said, we know now from medical, uh, from the scientists, from his supporters, that 
you need to be with someone for 15 minutes in order to become infected. And whoever dreamed up something so crazy, that comment alone probably can persuade millions of people to send their kids out on Halloween. Well, what are you going to do, though? Let's let's put it on you, Bobby. What you going to do? Oh, it's, it's a super spreader event. Would you send kids out? I mean, I don't know if you got any. Are you going to go out yourself, maybe? 40% of the people in Alberta don't even know how they got infected. Bobby, you'd be a great politician. Thanks for your call, Bobby. I appreciate it. I gave him two shots at answering that. I did. Give him two shots. Uh, Ryan is on line four. What are you going to do, Ryan? Oh, uh, well, my my kids are young and they're going out. Uh, they're they're going to be just outside of Ottawa in a suburb, and uh, yeah, they're they're going trick or treating. Oh, so but you, what are you going to drive them? You going to drive them out of town, just outside of the city limits? Where you go? Well, Car- Carlton Place is, you know. Uh, oh, that's yeah, where you live. That's All right. right. Yeah, we, no, no, I don't live there, but that's where family is. And uh, oh, so but you're going to take that? That's what you're going to do. That. Okay. But, uh, before we get any further, I, I got to oh. say. Oh. The, the last caller was half right he, that you should be the chief uh, medical officer. <laughs> because, I, because, you know, you think about it, and what's, what's the first value in the Hippocratic Oath? Do no harm. Well, if you take away a child's joy, <laughs> that's, that's doing more harm than anything possibly could other than other than spreading a communicable disease to his grandparents and have you, them die, yeah, I think I, you, I I mean I think, I think there could be that. You think a six and seven year old could possibly contract those diseases by trick or treating? I I I just don't buy it. And Doctor Williams, by the way, um, should think of the same thing because when I think of when I listen to him, I think of uh, you remember Ernie Coombs, uh, Mister Dress Up. Um, he, he was like uh, Dr. Williams on LSD. I don't understand I, that. I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. Thanks, Ryan. You know who I think of when I hear of Dr. Williams? I think of the parents in the Peanuts cartoons. Wah-wah, 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 Halloween, wah-wah. Gord is on line one. What's going on, Gord? You going to send the kids out? Yeah, absolutely. I got no problem with it. But uh, Alan, I'd just like to dedicate this to Bobby. Uh, what's this smartphone COVID app based on? When does it ping? What, what do you, you? Well, because if you're close enough to somebody that the uh, you know you know how it works. I mean, you, what, what are you trying long? to set me up here for a thing? What are you doing? No, no. For how long? Fifteen minutes. That's the science behind it, right? Well, you know what? I don't know exactly uh, how long it takes. I don't. I don't know that exactly. Yeah. Well, that is. You can double check it. But it, so it's done for fifteen minutes. That's based on the best science. Our best Canadian companies. I heard a premier say that. That's that's the science right there. How could how could anybody? How could any kid possibly get it with a? But do you think? Let me ask you this. Okay. But just let me ask you this. Is is this the thing? Is now Halloween the thing where all of a sudden people who before said, "Well, okay, I'll do the thing that you ask me." No, but Halloween is going to be the thing that people say, "That's it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not. I'm not listening anymore." Absolutely. Like that. That's science contradicting Dr. Miller. I I came back and said. I came, sorry, Dr. Williams, I, came, yeah. I was coming down from Sudbury, and Dr. Williams was on with the, I hate to say it, CBC host. For a half hour, I'd listen to him, and the CBC host was just confused about classrooms as when she started that half-hour conversation. 
Yeah, I'm confused why you'd listen to the CBC, but that's me. More of your calls on Halloween and whether or not this is the tipping point where people no longer listen to what the Central Health Table says, no longer listen to Doug Ford or the Medical Officer of Health, David Williams. We're going to get to those calls in just a moment. And coming up in our next segment, Doug Smith is going to be with us, the Dean of the Raptors Press Corps. He's got a new book, and we're going to be talking about the Raptors. Excited about that. That's just coming up, but I have been promising and teasing <clears throat> teasing all a half hour about the great Zoom incident. Now, if you do not know about the great Zoom incident that happened yesterday, it features a veteran journalist, Jeffrey Tubman. Now, he is a writer for The New Yorker and also a commentator, the legal analyst on CNN. I tr- Trust me, trust me, you might not recognize the name, but you see this guy's face, you are not going to forget it. And the people who were on a Zoom call with him are not going to forget what else they saw. Oh! Uh, so he's on a Zoom call. He's on a Zoom call with all of these staff members. It's a virtual meeting. Uh, and there's a break in the call, and then he exposes himself to, and I quote here from the globalnews.ca news story, he exposes himself to masturbate while engaging with a separate call. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no kidding, Doug Ford. Uh, this is a uh, witness has told Vice this, and the New York Times also reporting it. Two people familiar with the call said it was clear Tubin was touching himself. Uh, he then dropped off the call, returned moments later without acknowledging uh, what had happened. Uh, he then put out a statement saying, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. I apologize to my wife, family, friends, and co-workers. It is now known as the great Zoom Dick scandal. Zoom Dick. I don't understand that. No, Well, you see, because, see, Dr. Williams, what he did is he took out on his, so he was on a Zoom call, and it, so that's why it's called the Zoom Dick Scandal. And really, it's a gift, really, to news readers the world over, because really, you don't often get the chance to say that kind of thing on the air without fear of repercussions. But it's right here in the global news. Here, here is actually the URL: Jeffrey Tubin Zoom Dick video. I mean, I'm just reading you what GlobalNews.ca has here: Zoom Dick. Forget about it. That's the Zoom Dick story. Let's get back to the calls. Is this the point where you stop listening? <laughs> Is this the point where you stop listening to what Doug Ford has to say? And if you live in a hot spot, you send the kids out anywhere for trick or treating. Is this it? Because in Leslieville, for example, I can tell you 100%, in Leslieville, that part of that city, there's a Facebook group already you know, set up, little neighborhoods that say, we're doing it anyway. We're going to block off the street. Only people can go back and forth on this street, and we're going to not let anybody else in, but we're doing it anyway. We're sending out the kids. Is this the point where you say, that's it? I don't. I'm not taking it. Jeff is on line four. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, I say, why not take the precautions? Like I, I think it's selfish and short-sighted to... Uh, to put people in da- unnecessary danger. Okay, so you think so? You you'd follow the rules. I like it. I like it, Jeff. Thanks very much. Uh, let's get to uh, line one. Anita is on the line one, and in our last segment, we played a clip from Andrew Morris, who is a uh, doctor, 
who has weighed in and said, uh, you know what, uh, it, this doesn't make sense, we can do this safely. What do you think? I fully agree with Dr. Morris, and I think that people need to wake up. I'm a master's prepared nurse. I was on the pandemic task force for two years way back in my life. This is totally arbitrary. It's insanity, and we all need to get educated. There is absolutely well, no... Well, why wouldn't you... Okay, but, but you know who's in charge here. Doc Williams is in charge. So don't you... you got to have somebody who's actually in charge. And what the Premier will say to you is, hey, wait a second, the local medical officers of health in Ottawa and in Peel and in Toronto are all asking for the same thing. What, what else is he going to do? Well, the other thing also that people are doing, people are speaking up. Physicians are getting together and asking these things. I write to Dr. Williams, I write to all of them regularly. Doug Ford is getting bad advice, and Dr. Williams needs to pay attention to the World Health Organization guidelines, as does Dr. Tam, as does Ford, as does Tory, that say that lockdowns overall cause seven times the death than anything that COVID could potentially do to any of us. And children are not super spreaders. They are not super spreaders. That's already the literature and has been for the last several weeks to months. Thank you, Anita. I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, calling into the program. So the question to you, uh, time for a couple of more quick callers, is is this the place? Is Halloween where you draw the line in the candy? Nathan is on line two. What's going on with your kids, Nathan? Well, I just think it's like the, one of the last callers you had saying about you know being uh, doing harm, not letting the kids go out and do Halloween. Give your head a shake because... We've come this far. We've gone this long being careful and, and um, doing what we've been doing. If, if, if we're not careful, it was all for nothing. Why? Yes, it's going to be disappointing. I have two young kids that would love to go trick-or-treating as well. But I'd rather than be disappointed in one event than possibly either contract the, the virus themselves or pass it on to a grandparent or someone with a compromised immune system. This is something that we have to, we, like I said, we've come this far, we've done, we've, we, we're doing well, for the most part. Um, why take the risk? It, Thanks, it, Nathan. It I appreciate it. Thank you. appreciate it. That's a great perspective. And, you know, we're hearing it from all sides here, aren't we not? I think we've got time for one more quick call. Pete is on the line. Pete, should yes, the kids sir, go out? A, yes, the kids should be going out. If people can go through a drive-thru and get their coffee and stuff, why can't kids go and get a candy? So if, if that is in your mind and, you you know, those two things don't line up, does that mean, does that discredit, you know, more of the recommendations, all of the recommendations, as if, like, well, if this one doesn't line up, then, you know, should I listen to anything? Well, what, I, what I'm saying is that if you go into a drive-thru, you, how close are those people? They're not social distancing, the workers that are there. If kids can go to school and play together in recess, why can't they go trick-or-treating? All right, thanks, Pete. Appreciate that. And I think a lot of people are asking that question, and I think that that really this is a point. I, you, know, I, I, you know, I rant and I rave, uh, but I do quite seriously. I mean, I have you know, a lot of thoughts for Dr. Williams and for Doug Ford tr- trying to balance all of this stuff. It's not easy. But I, I really think that we're at this point now where, you know, there's there's so many other experts saying, well, we don't we disagree. And now we're rudderless.
The coach of the Toronto Raptors calls my next guest the dean of the press corps for the Toronto Raptors. And if you ever get a chance to be at a press conference, see a press conference, first question always goes to my next guest, Doug Smith, who's a sports reporter with the Toronto Star and the author of a new book, We the North, 25 Years of the Toronto Raptors. Welcome, Doug. Thanks, Al. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Why a book? It's, it, you know, obviously you, you write a lot about the Raptors, but it's a big difference there to be putting it in a book. Yeah, you know, uh, Penguin Random House and I, we talked about it, and we figured 25 years was a good demarcation point. The championship certainly was a great bow on the end of it, but a quarter of a century is a good time, I think, to tell we thought to tell the story of the evolution, not just of the Raptors, but of basketball in Toronto and Canada. And what has that evolution been? I mean, I think back to the excitement of, you know, the Carter era. Um, and then there was some dry years in there after that. Yeah, I, I think the it's funny. I think the evolution kind of mirrors the evolution of the city. You look at the crowds that are around Raptor games, and they're very reflective of Toronto and Canada. And I think that's kind of been the journey the team's been on for the franchise been on for you know twenty six years now. Is that something has always been? It's always growing. It's it's always been on an upward trajectory and changing like Canada is. And that reflection. And I, we see that, you know, in Jurassic Park, you see the city reflected right back to you on your television screen. How is it that the Raptors organization has been so successful in capturing that? I think that, uh, you know, basketball is such a global game. It, it appeals to a lot of sort of a lot of new Canadians, a lot of people who have you know, come to Canada, maybe in the early 1990s when the Raptors first started and the, and the Raptors understand what their audience is, and they know how to reach it by the, the way they interact in the community. In terms of the team and where we are right now, let's just begin with uh, the immediate future, which is, you know, trying to get some more uh, bigs on the lineup. Yeah, they're going into, the, you know, whatever whatever the offseason is, whenever the offseason is, with no centers under contract. So, you know, that's got to be addressed somehow. Whether Serge Ibaka comes back, Marc Gasol comes back, Chris Boucher is in the mix, whether they find somebody in a trade of the draft, you know, that's that's the basketball issue, the major basketball issue they got to face. Uh, and, is, and what about Masai? What's our latest intel on Masai's contract? There really isn't any, anything new, Alan, for the last, you know, he wants to take care of uh, Bobby Webster. They took care of Nick Nurse. They want to take care of Bobby Webster, other key members of the man, upper management team. I don't know what Mazai's future will be. I certainly don't think this is his last job. I think there are many things to do in the world that he's going to do. And I don't know that it'll be even running a basketball team. There may be bigger challenges for him. But I also don't know when that's going to come up. I'm speaking with Doug Smith, the sports reporter for the Toronto Star Covers, the uh, Toronto Raptors. And, uh, Doug, I've had the uh, pleasure of being able to be in a couple of sports crumbs, just, you know, Sometimes news kind of transitions over into sports, and so I go yeah. down there, and I'm always really struck by the difference in how sports reporters ask questions and how, you know, my background of asking politicians questions at Queen's Park, much more aggressive. And could you talk to me a little bit about your style of asking a question and getting a good response? Well, I don't, I don't think 
sports reporters generally, and me personally, it's not confrontational. There's a kind of a mutual respect. We know what we don't know, and they know what we don't know. And you can you can elicit far more information that's valuable to your readers, listeners, and viewers by going about it in a respectful, non-confrontational way. You know, the heart, the question that gets that needs to get asked gets asked, but. It's far more conversational, I think, in sports than it is in politics or business or the world in general. And I, I think it serves readers, viewers, and listeners very, very well. You know, I think the people of Toronto and Ontario and Canada are really well served by the diversity and the depth of knowledge among basketball reporters. I think it's one of the best covered teams at every level in the NBA. I was at the press conference where Kawhi Leonard was introduced and... Yeah, you know, as as usual, the the first question went to you, and you know I was trying to think, well, what question am I going to ask? And you asked, I never forget this. You just asked him to introduce himself to the city, and that's where we get the clip of where he says, "I'm a fun guy," and I was just really struck by the simplicity of a question like that and how open it was. I, I think I think that's it, Al. I think you start a conversation. I don't think you you jump in and hammer somebody right off the start. The first question could have been, "Do you want to be here?" And it would not have led to anything usable. I, that's exactly very, the question I asked about three questions in, and you're right. I got nothing. Yeah, it, there's, <laughs> there's kind of a way to get to these athletes that it's it's not it's kind of roundabout but it's also kind of it's far more conversational than confrontational what is the future of this franchise uh both in in the short term and the longer term uh, i do think the nba will be back but probably not until the middle of january or the start of february that would be my 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 best guess as for the other stuff i think the raptors and maple leaf sports see a greater role to play in the social justice issues across the country. You know, the NBA is a leader in this. Uh, the WNBA has been for years. And I think now in this day and age, the Raptors see a responsibility to help the greater society grow, whether it's indigenous people, uh, women, the racial injustice that exists in our country, that I think they see a responsibility at that level that is their next, the next path. You know, the basketball is the basketball. They will still be good and they will play games and they will win a lot of them. But I do think that the outs away from the game role that they have in Canada and Toronto specifically is very important. And that's their next, that's the next step in the evolution of the team. Doug Smith is a reporter with the Toronto Star covering the Toronto Raptors. He has written a new book called We the North, 25 Years of the Toronto Raptors by Doug Smith, and pleased to have you on the program, and congratulations on the book, Doug. Thanks very much, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. All I know is I am going to be extra careful on Zoom from here on in. No more Zoom dick incidents. I think we can all make that a pledge for 2020. No more Zoom dick That's the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch the Alan Carter Show weekdays starting at noon.